Hey, basketball fans, this is Matt Wadley and Tom Eisenberg, another episode of the All Nets Are Off podcast. Be sure to stay tuned for every episode, and be sure to follow us on our Twitter account, All Nets Are Off. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy the show. All right, guys, we're back here on the All Nets Are Off podcast, Matt Wadley and Tom Eisenberg. Um, you know, the the biggest thing that's happened in the last couple of days is... Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge going to the Nets, and of course, Andre Drummond going to the Lakers. So, Tom, I want to start with the Aldridge one, because uh, last time we recorded, we said Aldridge is going to go to Miami. Like, it just seemed like he was going to go there. All the signs were pointing there. So, uh, what was your initial reaction when he ended up going to Brooklyn? I mean, they made it seem like it was a lock, right? The same way that Drummond was surrounded with Laker talk, Aldridge was surrounded with Miami talk. And at first, I thought... Aldridge doesn't fit anywhere. I don't care where he goes. It doesn't make any sense. But someone kind of talked me into the Miami thing because I was like, oh, yeah, well, if I play next to Bam, like Bam can kind of cover for him because Bam can just guard the best front court player and then Aldridge can kind of just sit in the paint and he can space the floor for Bam. I kind of I liked it. It was going to be like a better version of Kelly Olynyk, maybe. I mean, I, I'm not sure how good Aldridge is at this point. I'm not sure if he's better than Olynyk. But I was I kinda like I was kinda buying into it. But then when they said the Nets, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. He's just on like another Blake Griffin. It's another big that can't defend and like can he can kind of shoot, but like that's all he really gives. He can he can do some post scoring. It's like if you took Mark Gasol and you took away the defense and you took away the playmaking. That's the Marcus Aldridge at this point. I don't get what the Nets are doing with this signing. Well, I guess talent is talent. You maybe you, you don't want him to go somewhere else where maybe he could help them, but he doesn't really help you, right? Like, I can't imagine they're going to play him in the playoffs like that. If he's taking minutes from Nicholas Claxton, this is just a negative move. Yeah, I was I was shocked, honestly. And it's weird because it's always been like, oh, the Nets are going to get whoever they can. But it, I don't remember reading anything that LaMarcus Aldridge was even thinking about going to the Nets. Like, like you said, it was like a lock to go to Miami. So it was just so weird. And, I mean... I don't know. Like people are hyping this move up and saying this is, is pushing them over the top. I mean, Aldridge isn't that good anymore. I mean, he's still, you know, he's he's not that good anymore. And and I don't understand the fit on on Brooklyn either. It's so, it's so weird. So, I don't know what kind of lineup they're gonna run like to close games, but I I can't imagine Blake Griffin and Aldridge are gonna play at the same time. It's just it doesn't make sense to me. So I'm really curious. The only thing I could think of is, like you said, maybe Brooklyn was trying to keep him from going to Miami or going somewhere else, so they just scooped him up for that reason. But I don't know. The fit is, like, really, really weird. I think it's interesting because now, right, with the Hawks, they've got the worst defensive backcourt of all time. And now the Nets can run the worst defensive frontcourt of all time. Just picture <laughs> it. LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin trying to defend a pick-and-roll. Yeah, it's that, just cinder blocks, cinder blocks everywhere. Yeah, it's I want right, to give us at least a few minutes, right? Whenever they're healthy, right? Kyrie, Harden, Durant, Blake, and Aldridge. I just want to see them all on the court together. I know it's not going to be a great lineup because that, with that front court, we still got those three stars, right? In a regular season game, who really gives a shit, right? Like, just, just give us, give it to us. Come on, Nash, do it. You know he's you know, going to just for fun. I hope so. <laughs> Look, when Aldridge was on the Spurs this season. They were minus seven with him on and plus eight with him off. That's a 15-point net swing. He's trashed. He's trashed. <laughs> People were bitching about it like, 
oh, the Nets are going to win the title. Again, the, just like with the Blake Griffin thing, I'm going to reiterate the exact same point. If the Nets win the title, it's not because of this. And if they lose, it's not because of the, probably. Unless they're playing him a ton, which I don't think they will. So, this doesn't matter, right? Neither does the Andre Drummond signing. It's not affecting who's winning the championship. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I think as far as Aldridge is concerned, like, I agree. I, I don't I don't know. It's just so weird. Like, I want to see it on the court, but at the same time, I can only imagine what that five-man lineup is going to look like. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't... I don't know if he's gonna start. I feel I feel like he's gonna come off the bench. I that's what I think. I think he's gonna come off the bench too, but who knows what Steve Nash is gonna do. Yeah, that's run all kinds of weird lineups. I mean they've run like Bruce Brown at the center, so who knows? <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to Andre Drummond. I think yeah. this one has a higher upside move than Aldridge. I mean Aldridge's best case scenario, right, is he's just he's making threes for them. And that's that's it. Drummond, while the worst case scenario with Drummond is he's just Cleveland Drummond, and then he's just unplayable, right? Like he's just garbage. But because because Drummond isn't limited by physical tools or age, like the way Aldridge is, Aldridge is just old. He's not bad because of him being bad. Drummond is bad because he's being bad. So if Drummond gets to the Lakers and his mentality can change, where it's like, okay, you're supposed to do this, this, and this, right? You catch lobs, you get putbacks, you rebound, you don't post up. You don't dribble the basketball. You don't isolate from the wing and try to drive to the basket. And you actually play on defense. He can be good, right? I don't know if he will. But with Drummond, at least there's potential there. I still don't like this move. I don't know what the obsession was with the Lakers with bigs. They already have three bigs. Now, AD's hurt right now, but they still have three bigs. Like, what are you going to do in the playoffs? You're going to play AD at center, and then Drummond, Harrell, and Gasol are going to sit there on the bench shrugging their shoulders like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, well, Frank Vogel has been uh, sitting Harold for random reasons all throughout the year, but I don't know. Maybe this Drummond thing is like a really good insurance policy in case they're really worried about Davis. I mean, it's every day it's like something different. So, I mean, we talked about that last time, but but I mean, I like what you said though. Like the worst is that he's Cleveland Drummond, and you know what? He might. It's it, it's a high upside signing. So I mean, why not take a shot on it? And I'm just. Again, I'm really curious to see what Vogel does, like, when AD comes back and, like, what kind of lineup is he going to run? I have no idea what it's going to look like. And I don't think Vogel knows what it's going to look like, but, I mean, that's why he gets paid the big bucks because it's his job to figure it out. So, uh, I, I, I'm not too upset with the move. Like, the Lakers need something right now to kind of, you know, maybe Drummond wins him a couple games. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. But, I mean, at least... I don't know. It's just weird. But, again, we'll see what it looks like on the court, and we'll see what Vogel decides to do with that lineup when everyone comes back. Yeah, both of these signings, right? I don't really know how you're going to find the minutes then, right? Because with the Nets, it's like you got to find minutes because you can't really play them at the four with Blake Griffin, Aldridge, Jordan, Clax. You can't play those guys at the four. None of them. Even though Blake Griffin has played some four. So you need to find minutes at the five for all of them. And for the Lakers, you need to find minutes at the five for Harold Gasol and Drummond and Davis. Like, what What the fuck are you going to do? So both <laughs> these signings don't really make a lot of sense. And yet, they're the biggest names out there, so people freak out. Like, I've heard people saying that they're going to change the landscape of the NBA. Like, no, stop it. <laughs> uh, these signings are irrelevant. Like, completely irrelevant. 
What isn't relevant, though, are the payables that were traded earlier this week. We got to see some debuts. Uh, not all of them, but we got to see a few. I think we got to see the biggest ones were like Nikola Vucevic with the Bulls and Aaron Gordon with the Nuggets and uh, Wendell Carter Jr. with the Magic. And these honestly looked super fucking weird. Like seeing Vucevic, he wore black in that game. But when they wear red, it's going to be weird. Seeing Wendell Carter Jr. in the blue, like, is so weird. Yeah, I mean, he played at Duke, so I mean, uh, whoever watched yeah, him in college, like, like I'm just yeah, used to I, know. Him. I didn't, I don't watch college basketball yeah. like that, so I'm used to him in red. It's like it's like when LeBron first left Cleveland, it's like, oh, it was just jarring. Um, yeah, and Aaron, Aaron Gordon in Denver too. Yeah, but they were wearing white, so right. Okay. When they wear like the red Nuggets jerseys, it's gonna be super weird. It's just weird seeing him wearing number fifty. Yeah. Did you, did you see the reason why he's wearing 50? <laughs> yeah, because of the dunk. Because of the dunk contest. Man, that stuff is so in his head. <laughs> I know. Like, wow, Gordon. Like, I, I, I'm all on the Gordon train. I was like, he's a two-time dunk champ. Uh, we don't count 2017. Like, that That never happened. But 2016, 2020, those were his. Fuck mm-hmm. Zach Levine. Fuck Derek Jones Jr. Aaron Gordon's a two-time dunk champ. But, man, I'm not even thinking about it like that. What are you doing, Gordon? Like... Get over it. It's not a fucking NBA championship. <laughs> right. But regardless, right, on the court, right, I think it looked fine. Uh, I think it's going to look better as the time comes along. Like, he was taking some jumpers. I wanted to see more Jokic, like, at the top of the key and then Gordon cutting off, of, like, back screens. And maybe we can get, like, dunks like that. I think that could be really awesome because Vucevic, he can pass, but he's not like Jokic. Right. So I think Gordon playing off the ball, off Murray and Jokic, I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, his defensive... Potential is going to be able to be uh, more defined in Denver because they're, like, a good team. And you'll actually get to play in, like, real playoff series, not ones where you're the seventh or eighth seed and, at best, you're going to five games. Like, Aaron Gordon has played, or Aaron Gordon has played uh, ten playoff games in his career. Like, that's just not, that's not it. Well, you're not, you're not getting real playoff experience this year from that. This year, right, this year alone, he will probably get close to 10 playoff games. If not more, depending on how far Denver goes. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. The Bulls, is, I think the Bulls debut with Vucevic, I think that was more disappointing. Even though Vucevic had a good game, uh, it just felt like the Magic again. Like Levine, he, he had a bad game, and the Spurs just kind of destroyed them. And Vucevic's defense is really... Uh, it's, it's always been iffy but it looked more glaring than usual here maybe maybe that's gonna really hurt maybe that's gonna hurt the bulls but i think his offense is more than more than overcome uh now overcomes more than makes up for it yeah it makes up for it uh i think when they get more chemistry and practice time these new additions will look better well what did you think of uh those from those uh few that i mentioned yeah the same with the bulls uh yeah, it looked kind of weird, but I mean, I don't think they got Vooch for his defense. They got him because he can score and he can he can rebound. So uh, they have to figure it out. I also think uh, the Bulls aren't. I mean, obviously in the off season they're going to address that roster like pretty heavily, I think, and change it up a lot. So you know, next season will be really interesting to see what they run. But obviously the Nuggets, like with Aaron Gordon, I was like, this team looks. You know, they're going to really look good in uh, a couple weeks and like they could 
be a scary team in the playoffs. I think that was a great move for them. And like you said, Jokic is such a good passer. Like, he's such a good passer. So you get Jokic and Gordon over there, and then Murray can... Murray, it kind of takes some of the, the pressure off Murray, too. So, I mean, then you have MPJ. Like, that, that team looks really good. So uh, I really like the move. I'm waiting to see Evan Fournier and see what kind of role he's going to play in Boston, too. That's That's one thing, like... Not that Fournier is a huge addition, but it's a big addition for a team like Boston that needs someone off the bench. So I'm curious to see Fournier's debut and see how he does over there in Boston. Yeah, he's already one of their better players. I think he's going to come off the bench for them. I was surprised Norman Powell was starting for the Blazers because, like I said, this, this move didn't really make sense to me because you're just... You're throwing three... Pretty similar players, right? With Dame, CJ, Norman, they score in different ways, right? Powell's more of a slasher, um, even though he's been shooting lights out lately. And Dame, CJ, they're they're more shooters, but like you're running them all at the same time, and there's only one basketball. Like they're not super like CJ McCollum. Like he's used to being off the ball like this, but I just I don't love this fit. He had a good game against Orlando, but it was also Orlando. Orlando sucks ass, and. <laughs> He was super passive uh, today. Like he was, I didn't really feel like I felt Nolan Powell's effect on the game against Toronto. And like Toronto was like they're, they're tanking at this point, I believe. Right, they sat Lowry, like, mm-hmm. Shaded Powell. I don't think they're. I'm trying to lose, and the game was competitive against Portland. Like what? What the fuck? So I'm still iffy about this signing. I think in the playoffs it'll really tell. If it was, uh, or not signing, trade, if this trade was worth it. Because Gary Trent Jr. was a controllable asset, and he's really young. And at his peak, he might be better than Norman Powell. So those trades are risky, right? Like, the Lakers almost mm-hmm. made a trade like that, right? We're trading Horton Tucker for uh, Lowry. But it was also it was a lot more than that. It wasn't just a, a one-for-one. Right. Yeah, uh, do you think this was maybe like a like a panic move by, by Portland? They felt yeah. like they had to do something? Yeah. I yeah. think a lot of times teams make trades that they're like, oh, wait, why did we do this? Because they just panicked. Uh, and that's usually where you're better off not making a trade at all. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be what it, like this for Portland. I'm trying to think of a historical example of a panic trade like this. Uh, I think the Pelicans trading for DeMarcus Cousins might have been like a panic move, even though that move was good. Right. Uh, but it kind of was a panic move because it was like, yeah. oh, no, the Pelicans were going to miss the playoffs again. Uh, for the fourth, fifth, well, what year was it? it? Was 2017. So yeah, the fourth time in five years for Anthony Davis. Oh no! Uh, let's trade Bunny Heald and a pick for Demarcus Cousins. Um, it worked out, but a lot of times these trades do not work out. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though this Aaron Gordon one, right? I want to go back to this one. I want to talk about it a little bit more. But, like the Nuggets just blew blew the house off the Hawks today, not because of Aaron Gordon, but like. Man, this Nuggets team, like, their record isn't, like, all that, but lately they've built better than they have last year. I remember they they start off really slow. People were like, oh, my God, the Nuggets. And usually Jokic starts off slow, but this year it was just the Nuggets besides Jokic. And now Barton, he looks like he's back. Jamal Murray has been awesome. He's averaging, like, 25 a game lately. Uh, Jokic is still on an MVP run. Now they added Aaron Gordon. Michael Porter Jr. is healthy. This Nuggets team is legit. The West is so deep, and people should be scared. If you're in the West, yeah, the West, the West is crazy deep. I, I like, I say this all the time, but it's just, it's so, the West is so good. It's so good. So, but, 
Yeah, I agree with the Nuggets. And, you know, obviously as time gets by, all these guys, in their new spots, they're going to figure out their roles more. So uh, it'll be interesting how they adapt to their roles. But obviously we said the Gordon signing was our favorite one. And, you know, just through one game. like trades. We keep keep saying signings. I know. I don't know why I keep saying signings. Um, You know, I don't think we talked about this, but I'm going to ask you just because uh, I feel I feel like I have to ask. Were you glad that the Lakers didn't trade for Lowry? Ah, uh, man, I don't I'm, I have really mixed feelings about it because part of me, especially during the day, I was like, oh, my God, just trade for Lowry, whatever, trade for him. I just like seeing trades happen. So I'm mm-hmm. usually pro just do it. Cause it's, look, it's not my problem, right? I'm not. I'm not part of the team. I don't work for their. Like, no, it doesn't affect me. I like seeing my team win, obviously. But I usually just root for the trade, uh, whether it's good for the team or bad for the team. Like, I wanted anyone to trade for Lowry, literally anyone, because I just mm-hmm. like seeing movement happen. But after thinking about it for a few days, and you think, okay, you're giving up Horton Tucker, who you know, who knows what his potential really is, but he's a rotation level shooting guard. And KCP was your starting shooting guard, and Shooter was your starting point guard. So that gets replaced, right? You get Lowry to the Shooter, that's an upgrade. But then you lose two shooting guards. So now you have to play Wesley Matthews and who else? <laughs> no, really. You have to sign a yeah, bio guy. I mean, the bio market, like, there's no there's no good guards on the bio market, right? Austin Rivers is, like, the best guard on the bio market, right? He's, he's okay. I mean, the Lakers would run Lowry... Uh, Caruso, but he's like the backup point guard now. It'd be like yeah. Lowry, Wes Matthews, Kuzma, Moore. This is without LeBron and AD, right? Because they're hurt, right? <laughs> Kuzma, Morris, Gasol, or Drummond, whatever, and then the other centers off the bench who can't play together with with who? Alfonso McKinney? I'm serious. Uh, it doesn't make any I sense. Know. So I thought about that, and I was like, wow, that lineup's going to be so bad. Like, every time Lowry steps off the floor, we're just going to collapse. And, you know, maybe it would have increased the chances at a title one this year, but maybe not. It was a really risky move for a team that, when healthy, looked like the best team in the league. So in hindsight, I'm okay that they didn't make it. And I, I just think it would have been, gi- been giving up a lot. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I know uh, uh, like KCP hasn't played as well as he did, you know, last year, but... It- He's still KCP. Like, he, his contract isn't that big. So, like, to give up him and then, honestly, like, I'm a THT guy. Like, you know, in the in the preseason he was doing great. And this year he's he's had his moments and then he's kind of, like, not had his moments. But he's still young and the potential's there. So, I think I was kind of glad that they didn't make the move. Although, you know, seeing Lowry on the, on the Lakers would have been awesome. But at the same time, I was glad they didn't make it uh, – in general so it was just it was just so weird because i thought lowry was gonna go somewhere and then like at 11 50 i was like oh he's going to the lakers i was like really sure he was going to the lakers so i think the everything fell through and it was just it was just such a weird situation but it was it was pretty exciting like the whole the whole trade deadline so uh be interesting to see what lowry does in the offseason too like this offseason is going to be like, for Lowry, it's going to be really telling, but I don't think he's going to be in Toronto next year. You don't? What do you think he's going to sign? I have no idea. I have no idea. But if Toronto is, like, really going to go full in on this rebuild, they're just going to let him walk and just sign some younger guys and spend their money elsewhere. But I can't – I don't know where he's going to sign. The point guard market is going to be weird, but, um, but yeah. 
You know, uh, it'll be really interesting to see how that works out. I mean, I he's it seems like he's gonna leave, but I just don't know who is cap space that's going to actually like want to sign him. I mean, is Dallas gonna because he's he's gonna want a lot of money, like over mm-hmm. twenty million a year. Like, is Dallas gonna sign Kyle Lowry? Maybe I could see it. I don't know who they're gonna sign with the cap space, right? Because Kawhi is not leaving. And then who's the next? DeRozan. I mean, I don't think DeRozan really fits on that team. So I think he, he'd have to go to a contender. So that would be like Dallas, mm-hmm. Miami, if they choose him over Oladipo. Uh, Oladipo hasn't played for the Heat yet. So I, I wish we could have seen that. That was one of the ones I was more excited about to see if yeah. maybe he tried. Maybe like Houston made him look bad because you never know with these things, right? Players like play like ass under garbage teams. And when they get to the team they want to be on, they play better, right? right? That's that's the hope when people you know trade for them, right? Like Old Depot to the Heat, Batum to the Clippers, Boris Dia when he went to the Spurs, uh, Drummond to the Lakers now, Blake Griffin to the Nets. So all those times you're thinking, oh, maybe when he's on the situation he wants to be in, he'll perform. I think Old Depot is one of the biggest cases. James Harden this year, right? Right. On the Rockets, right. like this year, he was like quitting on the team. He didn't want to be there. He was kind of playing, eh. Right, he was still playing like pretty solid. Like his numbers looked good because he's James Harden, but he wasn't really there. So I think that's the biggest question for Oladipo. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic came back a couple games ago, and he's he's been on a mince limit. But honestly, in the limited minutes he's played, I've liked what I've seen more from him in these past two games than I liked what I saw like the whole beginning of the season. I thought he looked really rough like the first few weeks before he got hurt. Like, I thought Cantor looked better. But these past two games, right, like, I've liked what I've seen from him. Maybe it's because it's the limited minutes, but. Yeah, I like what I've seen from him, too, actually. Like, he looks more like the Yusuf Nurkic from the bubble right now Mm -hmm. than he did a few months ago. Maybe he needed more rest. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's out of shape. Maybe. Okay. Because, yeah, he was out for a long time before he came back in the bubble, so. Yeah, he was out forever, right? He yeah. Or something. Yeah. I mean, Portland right now, they're the sixth seed. They're only two and a half games back of the third seed for the Clippers, right? And I think that third seed in the West is really important, not for any playoff reasons, but for the MVPs. For the MVP. <laughs> I think if the Nuggets or Blazers can get it, I think that that's going to be a way to secure them an MVP because... Right, Jokic, right? The problem with him is team record. Damian Lillard, the problem is team record. If they can get to that three seed, they'll be high enough to be able to actually make an argument. Because the Lakers are going to slip, right? The Lakers are going to slip behind them. The Lakers are only a game and a half above them right now after that terrible winning against the Magic. (laughs) And so the top, I think the top five is basically going to be set. It's going to be some order of Jazz Suns, Clippers, Nuggets, Blazers. So if any of them can jump the Clippers, I think that's, that could decide the MVP race, right? Because right now in the East, you still got Harden and Giannis competing for it in the top of their conference. So I don't know what's going to go on with that. I've been really jumping around. Right? Like I, my, my brain's going like a million miles an hour. Because as I'm saying this, I want to talk about the Hawks too. <laughs> Let's hear it. Like, they went on that crazy – I was like, I guarantee them the playoff spot. And, I mean, they're still pretty clearly in the playoffs. They are three games above the 10th seed, so I'd be really shocked if they missed the play-in. Um, but they're tied with Boston for the 6th seed, 
So they could be in playing territory. They've slipped a little bit, right? They barely beat the Lakers without LeBron. They just got blown out by the Nuggets. Um, they had another bad loss. I forget what it was. Um, or was it? No, it was the Clippers. It wasn't a bad the Clippers loss. and the Kings. Oh yeah, the Kings. Yeah, that was a bad mm-hmm. loss. Yeah, the Clippers. Right, they were they were right in that game, and then Kawhi kind of carried them at the end. But other than this Nuggets game, right, the Hawks. I think I still think they've looked a lot better without Lloyd Pierce, and their schedule is not that difficult. The next few games, right? They got the Suns, which is probably a loss. But then Spurs, Pelicans, Warriors, Pelicans, Grizzlies, Bulls, Hornets. They could win all of those. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I really think that my guarantee of them making the playoffs is... It looks pretty safe to me. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about the East... Yeah, it looks pretty good. I mean, uh, Bulls, Pacers, and all the way up from the Heat to... The Sixers. I mean, the Raptors look like they're tanking, unless the Cavs go on like some miraculous run, or the Wizards, which uh, I doubt. Probably no, the the Wizards again. I remember we were out for a while, <laughs> and then they had that run, and I was like, oh, okay, finally, this was really special. And then they they fucked it up again, and I'm done. I'm done. No matter what happens, I'm done. <laughs> I'm never talking about the Wizards ever again this season. I'm done. All right, we'll talk about it when the lottery comes. I'm done. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Another team that's really fallen off the rails is the Miami Heat. Apparently, LaMarcus Aldridge chose the Nets partially because of the losing streak that the Miami Heat had because he wanted to be in a situation where he felt confident they could win. The Heat, like not last time we talked, but like a couple times ago we talked, they were on a roll. They had won 11 out of 12. They were going crazy. They had won like 15 out of 20. It was like, oh, yeah, Miami, right, because Miami started off 7 and 14, and they got up to 22 and 18. And it was like, okay, Miami. And then they lost six in a row. <laughs> I don't you know, know what they are. But the Pelicans of the East. <laughs> I, when they when they went on that run, I was like, okay, they're healthy. They're good. This is the Heat that went to the finals. Like, we know who they are. They're going to be the four seed. Nope, I'm sorry. You That title is taken away. You're now the Pelicans of the East. Congratulations, Miami. You're the team where you go on 10-game win streaks and 10-game losing streaks back-to-back, and we don't know what the fuck you're doing. They just made the finals. Like, you, Jimmy Butler, like, he is consistent as fuck. He's one of the most consistent players there is. You know exactly what you're getting out of him. Like, how do you lose two times in a row to the Indiana Pacers? I do not know. Yeah, that's rough. Like, wow, man. You got blown up by 27 in an overtime loss. Like, dude, the Pacers have been so bad lately. Bill Simmons tweeted not like a couple days ago. He was like, after the 10 game mark or after the 12 game mark, re- records in the East. And you know who had the worst record? Who? The Pacers. <laughs> they were like 9 and 18. I think it was out of the teams within like playing range. I think it was like ignoring the Pistons. But like, worse than like the Wizards, the Celtics, like all those teams, the, like, the Pacers were doing worse then. And the Heat lost to them twice in embarrassing fashion. I don't know what to make of this Heat team. I don't understand it. Like, they were supposed to be better than last year, right? And Hero, he seems like he's regressed. Duncan Robinson's regressed. Jimmy Butler's been really nice. But Bam Adebayo, he's been okay. And, like, Iguodala doesn't look great. Drogic doesn't look great. They just made some trades. Maybe that will help them. It's rough. It's rough in South Beach. And they lost on Aldridge. I mean, Heat fans are probably not not having a good time right now. Right. I mean, 
maybe Oladipo is a guy that they need, but uh, we'll see how that works out. This? You said what? You think he's fixing this? Uh, mm, I don't think so. I mean, I think, I mean, I think they're gonna make the playoffs for sure, but I don't see them uh, making a run like they did last year. I didn't see them making the run last year either. So who knows yeah. what happens when the playoffs come around? But like two weeks ago, right? They right. were a locked for the second round for me. I was like, those are the those four teams, right? Nets, Sixers, Bucks, and Heat. Those are the second round teams. But now I don't know who the hell is gonna be that fourth team. Right now, the fourth seed is the Knicks again. <laughs> I mean, I is that it. really a second round team? I I don't think so. They they might do it because it's gonna it's gonna be the four or five seed because like the six through eight. If you're in the six through eight, you're losing round one. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's a lock. You got you got to be a four or five seed. So if the playoffs started right now. I'd pick the Knicks over the Hornets in the series. I'd be the Knicks. The Knicks would make the second round, and they'd face the Sixers. Man, could you imagine the Knicks making the second round? Led by Julius <laughs> That just doesn't sound right. It, it really doesn't. Yeah. I want to see Knicks-Nets. So, I, I that, that has to happen. Make, make it happen, guys. Come on. Like, just shuffle the seating around. Whatever you got to do. Get, get the Knicks and the Nets in the playoff series. And Lakers-Clippers, right? We need those. Lakers got to drop right. the six so they can do the six, three-six matchup round one. Yeah, well, they're still, yeah, against yeah. the Clippers. <laughs> Let's do it. Next Nets round one, Lakers Clippers round one. Uh, only one team per city makes the second round. Those are the new rules. <laughs> I like it. Uh, you know, uh, have you seen P.J. Tucker on the Bucks yet? I honestly, I haven't. Did he play, like, one game? Yeah, he played one game, got hurt. I think he came back. And, uh, yeah, I'm curious because the Bucks were also – I read somewhere that Austin Rivers is considering the Bucks. Not that that moves the needle for them, but I mean, I, feel like, I like that move because the needle plays yeah. DJ Augustine, right? So, uh, uh, but um, you know, I did say Rivers is going to get bought out. So hey, that that, that happened. OKC's yeah. just buying everybody out. They're resting Horford. They're just <laughs> they're tanking big time right now. Oh yeah, Horford's going to get traded. He's going to get traded uh, this summer. Obviously not. Yeah. Now. Yeah, Tucker's played forty minutes for the Bucks so far. Yeah. Uh, and that he's a left calf strain, I think it is. Tucker, yeah. Yeah, so that sucks. I mean, he's really old, right? He is 35. He's going to be 36 uh, when the playoffs begin. So uh, happy uh, birthday, PJ Tucker, even though it's over a month away. Happy birthday in advance, because I will forget. <laughs> so... <laughs> I like that trade for the Bucks, but I mean, if he's not gonna like, if he's hurt and he doesn't play for them like at all, like that's that's a bust, right? Yeah, they give up a first round pick. Not like it's you know so valuable, but it's still a first round pick though. It has yeah, some value. you could use that for something else, right? So that's apparently the- apparently you could use that for uh, Aaron Gordon and a couple other players. Ah, they got a mass salary <laughs> for that. There was no way. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but I meant like in a draft day trade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Warriors, man. Like, Steph Curry, he had that tailbone bruise. And I remember AD had the same injury last year. And I think he missed, like, five games. So I was like, okay, Curry's going to miss a week. And now he's, like, questionable. So he's going to come back probably in the next few days. But, man, the Warriors cannot do shit without him. Like, we knew this, right? We saw this last year. They lost four in a row. And just like that, they are bordering on the 11th seed. The Kings got hot. 
and the Warriors, right, Curry got hurt, and now they're separated by a game. This is scary territory for the Warriors. I thought they it were off to be the plan, right? I was like, oh, these 10 teams, they're set. But, like, now with the Kings going on this run, I don't trust the Pelicans, right? The Thunder no. Rockets and Wolves, they're out. They're tanking. The Pelicans, they're so inconsistent, I don't trust them. But the Kings, this run made me believe that there might be an 11th team fighting for that playing spot. Luke Walton's coaching for his job, I think. If they don't make the playoffs, he's out. So he's really trying hard. But we talked about this Kings team a lot. Like, they don't have a bad roster. I kind of like what they have. And the roster is, like, pretty nice, right? Like, yeah. if you just compare the roster to, like, the Grizzlies or the Spurs, like, it's pretty comparable. Right. And yet, the Spurs are 23 and 20, and the Kings are 21 and 25. They were 17 and 25, like, a week ago. Like, what? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Coaching. I honestly don't know. They barely beat the Cavs, right? This this Laker team, this garbage Laker team without LeBron and Davis smoked the Cavs. And this Kings team needed a non-called out-of-bounds, like, faulty inbounds. Did you see it? Darren Fox stepped, like, yeah. inbounds. When he, yeah, that was that was fucked up. Uh, but the Cavs are tanking, so they're, they're probably really happy that worked out. Uh, so, yeah, it took that to barely edge out the Cavs. And it took another, like, BS play to barely edge the Lakers without LeBron, like, a couple weeks ago, too. Like, this Kings team is just not... I don't trust them at all, right? I know they're winning no. games, but... I don't, I don't... Unless Steph Curry is out for, like, an extended period of time, I really struggle to see them passing the Warriors. Yeah, me too. Yeah? Mm. Yeah. The Grizzlies, though, the Grizzlies are right there, right? Yeah, they're a half game above the Warriors, yeah. but they're, they're fine. I mean, they're yeah. just they're just a five hundred team. Just that's just what they are. Right. Yeah. Like they'll they'll compete with the Bucks one night, and then they'll get you know like beat the crap out of by the Pelicans another night. <laughs> it's so random. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't like. I don't really understand the Grizzlies because I thought. Last year, they really overachieved. I was like, oh, this is like the second worst team in the conference. And then they like almost made the playoffs. And I was like, wow. And then this year, uh, I knew Jaren Jackson Jr. was going to be out for a while. So I had basically the same expectations. And they've basically been the same. Uh, and I don't understand how. I don't love the roster. It's just a bunch of – it's John Morant and a bunch of okay players. And John Morant has like kind of disappointed me. I thought he was going to become like an all-star. I think he made the jump that Zion's made. And Zion's played way less games. Yeah, he's regressed a little bit this year, John Morant, so... Yeah. Do you remember the discussions last year? People were like, did the Grizzlies actually get the better player in the draft? <laughs> yeah, this I is why that. you can't have rookie overreactions, right? I think John Morant's awesome. He was clearly the second best player in his draft. Like, no, no, I'm not trying to say anything like that. But people love to overreact to rookies. With, like, the thing with Wiseman and Lamelo. Oh, my gosh. Give it a break, man. Paul George's rookie year, he averaged, like, eight points a game on, like, 40% from the field. You think people were saying, wow, man, the Sixers really got lucky taking Evan Turner over Paul George. <laughs> like, shut oh. up. It's so dumb. And I guarantee people were saying that. They were like, whoo, thank God he didn't take Paul George. Like, no, stop it. I hate I hate when people discuss rookies like that. It's so early. You, you can't judge anything. Like, did anybody know who Monty Ginobili was his rookie year? I doubt it. He was nope. a fucking 57th overall pick. He's probably terrible. I don't have his stats right now, but it was probably awful. Um, 
ridiculous. Yeah, the Grizzlies are a team that, like, they could win any given game, and they could lose any given game. They're, like, the most, like, mediocre team in the league. <laughs> like, one day they'll compete with the Jazz and, like, almost beat them, and another day they'll get blown out by the Warriors without Steph Curry. Like, I don't right. know what... I, <laughs> I don't know what to make of this team. They're going to be in the play-in, and they're probably going to lose. That's what this team is, right? Unless they... <laughs> get really lucky. I think their schedule is really packed. They missed a lot of games. I think it's going to be like super packed the rest of the way. So it's going to be tough. I just can't see how they, they make the, the final eight in the end when the play-in's all said and done. Especially if the Lakers fall that far, like they're not beating them. No. <laughs> I hope not. These, these teams at the bottom, like they're, they're shaking their boots that LeBron and Davis went down. They're like, please, Lakers, don't fall to the play-in tournament. <laughs> Like, you know they are. Like, yeah. one of these Spurs, Mavs, Grizzlies, Warriors, one of them might get to dodge the play-in because the Lakers fall, and they're going to get blessed. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting. If you had to pick right now, right, Spurs, Mavs, Grizzlies, Warriors, let's say, let's say the Lakers slip and they're during the play-in. Which, which of those four teams is avoiding the play-in? I want to say Dallas. Yeah, I'd pick Dallas, too. Yeah. I mean, Gold, yeah, Golden State could also go on a run and just win a bunch of games if you know when Curry comes back. But I think no. Dallas is a safe bet. I, I don't like the Warriors. I don't. Dallas has been rolling. Luka's been awesome lately. I know they just lost two in a row, but I think Dallas is clearly the best team there. Mm-hmm. I think they're closer to a Portland level team than they are to a Spurs or a Warriors or Grizzlies. Although with the talent on the Pelicans, you could say the same thing, but then they still they still disappoint every time. <laughs> Every time, man. Like, whatever it's like that, one of those t- nationally televised Pelicans games, you're like, ooh, this game is going to suck. Not and because it like, it's not entertaining, right? Because like, it's just <laughs> all offense and Zion's fun. But it'll be like Pelicans. Uh, let me find a random Mid Eastern Conference team. Pelicans Raptors, and then the Raptors win by 20. <laughs> and then that's just what it is. Um, yeah. Those teams are wild. Like those, just like the teams, like the the Heat and the Pelicans, Kings. I'm not a fan of those teams because I don't like not knowing what to expect. Like the Knicks, right? The Knicks are like way more consistent. They're just like they play hard all the time. They can barely score, but when their their shots falling, like they win. Like their defense is solid. I like teams like that. I like teams that I I can trust them. I know what to expect from them on a given night. I I hate those wild card teams like the Pelicans. Like the Pelicans, right? They could go on like a ten-game win streak, make the play-in, and beat anyone in the play-in and make the playoffs. Or they could lose every game the rest of the way. <laughs> like it's wild, man. I don't. I know. Yeah. It's so crazy to think the Rockets at one point were eleven and ten, and now they're thirteen and thirty-two. Yeah, I remember the Rockets won a bunch of games, and we're like, "Oh, the Rockets might be making a little run." And then yeah, just... they won like seven games in a row or six games in a row, like really early in the season when they traded Harden, and it was like, "Oh, their defense is top five. And I was like, "Oh wow!" Like this Rockets team just played like Harden was like such a cancer, and then Christian Wood went down, and it went to shit so fast. <laughs> but speaking of the of really bad teams. The Rockets, they had John Wall, like, healthy most of that stretch, and they lost 20 in a row. Look at this Magic roster real quick. Like, pulled up real quick. 
I, I really don't want to, but I'm going to do it right now. Trust me, okay? We're going to look at some of these names. <laughs> it's so it's so bad. Oh, man. Okay. Here, I'll just open up the, the late game. Played today, and I'll just read you some of these names and let me know how many of these players you've actually remembered seeing playing before. All right, let me read you some names. All right, go ahead. James Ennis the third. Name one other team he's played for. Well, this is what we're gonna do. We're just gonna do name one other team he's played for. <laughs> Philadelphia. You are correct. <laughs> he's played for actually like what is it? Six teams, seven teams. Okay, Chuma Okiki. Uh, isn't he like a, a rookie or second year in the league or something? Yeah, he's a rookie. Nice. Okay. G League guy? Kevin Birch. Oh, man. <laughs> I just know where he played at college. I can't tell you where he played in the NBA. He played uh, at UNLV. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to – okay, he, he only played for the Magic. I'm only going to read people who have played for other teams. I don't wanna. I don't wanna fuck fuck you that hard because like it's it, it's terrible. This roster's awful. Okay, Dwayne Bacon. <laughs> I have no idea. Really? He, he, he Charlotte. He, Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. Okay. Michael okay. Carter Williams. This is an easy one. Yeah. Rookie of the year, Michael Carter Williams. Right. <laughs> yeah. What team? Name any team. The Sixers. Okay. Otto Porter Jr. I mean, I, I liked him on the Wizards the best. Yeah. And then there's uh, Chasson Randall and Wendell Carter Jr. And Terrence Ross. Those are the other ones. <laughs> Poor Terrence Ross. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, okay. So other than Terrence Ross, Porter Jr., Wendell Carter Jr., the rest of these players are like borderline NBA guys. Right. Like this roster is so much worse than that Rockets roster was. I'm going to look at their schedule. I have a strong feeling this Magic team, I thought this, this was their game to win, this Lakers team, and they lost. I don't think they're going to win another game the whole season. They might not. And it's really easy to say this about bad teams. I remember going into last year, the Hornets roster looked so bad to me, and then Devontae Graham was a beast, and they actually won a lot of games. But let's look at this, right? Clippers, loss. Pelicans, loss. Jazz, loss. Nuggets, Wizards. Pacers, Bucks, Spurs, Bulls, Raptors, Rockets, Hawks, Pelicans, Pacers, Lakers again in late April. Maybe they'll win that one. Cavs. Okay. But then Grizzlies, Grizzlies, Pistons, South. Like, I legitimately could see them losing every single one of these games. At best, they win like five more games. At best. Oh, they're taking hard right now. They, oh, yeah. they, they want the, the number one pick. But they just beat the Suns right before the deadline. Yeah. Their, their last game was a team. Evan Fournier <laughs> with that game-winning scoop layup beat the Suns. <laughs> that was uh, one, of the, one of the Magic's best uh, moments uh, in the past decade. <laughs> it's, it's been sad to be a Magic fan, right? Like you, yeah. they've been, They just went from a rebuild to a rebuild. It's what it is. Uh-huh. It's like if you were uh, building, a, like, you renovated, like, this parking lot. You're like, ah, let's put something here. You're building a school, and halfway through building the school, you're like, eh, fuck this. Let's rebuild it and make a new school. And you just break <laughs> it down and make a new school. That's the magic. Because they, they didn't have anything there. It was a core of, like, mid-players, and they just traded them all for picks or garbage. I mean, they really got nothing for Gordon and Fournier. 
And then they got two firsts from Vucevic. We'll see if that becomes anything. And Carter. Yeah. But, oh, man. The Magic has just been so unlucky, right? Like, Dwight, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, he left. Tracy McGrady, he left. Dwight Howard, he left. And that's it. It's just been, it's just been hell in Orlando. They made the finals. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, yeah. They, made the they, finals they, were in, they were in the playoffs last year. Yeah, but, I mean, it's a first-round <laughs> exit, right? It's, like, it's yeah. like when the Pistons made the playoffs. Right. Drunk, right? Like, he broke their, their playoff draft. I mean, it's just... Out of all the fan bases, I feel the I feel most sorry for the Magic fans because they just have had nothing. They've been around for like thirty years, and they, they've had like these some big, really big name players, really good players, but all by themselves, and they just couldn't do anything. And then they leave because who the fuck wants to stay in Orlando with nothing around them? Right. Like if the Cavs didn't have LeBron, like it'd be them. I, they would be the the most sorry franchise in the league. But I think it's the Magic. Yeah, I, although, I agree. Although, the Timberwolves are kind of trying to make a case. Right? They've been really bad forever. They've made one playoffs once in like 15 years, 16 years, 17 years, because they're not making it this year. Just 2018 is the only time they made it since uh, Garnett's MVP season. And they've had Kevin Love and Cat. <laughs> and they have the worst winning percentage in NBA history. That's bad. Yeah. So actually, what is worse? Timberwolves or Magic? Should we make this a poll? <laughs> we should. Yeah? Okay, I'll make this a poll right now. Uh, worst team to be a fan of for the past 30 years. A fan of for the past... Or actually, should we make it 15 years? That's good. Yeah, because uh, the Magic had like Shaq early on, so that's kind of unfair. What should we make for the past 15 years? And we'll put Magic Timberwolves. We'll make it a day. That's a tough one. I'm going to say Timberwolves. Yeah, me too. At least the Magic made the finals. Mm-hmm. And at least they had like this Vooch team. I mean, that was kind of nice. Ish. <laughs> it's bad. I mean, the, the Timberwolves are... <laughs> they're so bad right now. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Like, some teams are just so unlucky. The Clippers were in contention for this for a while before they got Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, they just traded for Rondo, right? We talked about this a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. He hasn't played yet. But, right, the Clippers, they, they're, they're kind of rolling right now, right? They've won five in a row. They're, like, right right on the edge of the Suns. They might grab that two seed. Do you think the, Are the Clippers true contenders? Like, do you believe in them at all? Uh, because no, I no. yeah right like I, I, I said this multiple times but I went into this year and I was like okay the Clippers will be better this time and they're not they're worse they still are overall terrible in the clutch and for a team with Kawhi and Paul George it's amazing how much I don't trust them at all right. this is a team that should strike some fear into people but not nothing not nothing like, they're just, they're, they're the Nuggets to me. The Nuggets are scarier to me than the Clippers. Oh, yeah. I, I, I right? agree. Like, that should not yeah. be the case. It's insane, man. Like, and Kawhi, he basically can't leave because the teams that have cap space, right, other than New York, right, he's not, he's not leaving Southern California. No. No way. So unless the Clippers are saying, yo, Kawhi, 
We're moving to Las Vegas. There's no way he's leaving. So I'm sorry. Any like Miami Heat fans, Mavericks fans, Knicks fans, anybody who has cap space and you're like, Kawhi is coming. No. No, he's not. <laughs> he's not even thinking about I've it. I've seen some Warriors fans being like, yo, Kawhi, the Clippers ain't working out. Join Steph Curry. No, it's not happening. It's not happening. <laughs> the, the Wiggins sign and trade is not happening, folks. No. <laughs> That's no so bad. That way, dude. So, yeah, uh, the Clippers gave up all those picks just to be this. They're basically Lob City, but even less scary. At least Lob City, some of those years I was like, oh, they're going to make the finals. And then they didn't. And this Clippers team, right, last year they were going to supposed to make the conference finals and couldn't. And this year, I just, I'd be really surprised if they made the conference finals. I don't think they're going to make the conference finals this year. Because I'm looking at the West, right? I wouldn't pick them in a series over the Suns. I wouldn't pick them over the Lakers. I wouldn't pick them over the Nuggets. And I, I might pick them over the Jazz. And the fact that I'm considering the Jazz here is a testament because I am so low on the Jazz. <laughs> I don't care how many points Donovan Mitchell scores. I'm not, like... Because, man, Donovan Mitchell has been crazy lately. The Jazz are yeah. on a win streak again. But they, they already they already kind of proved that they're not, they're not this legit team. Because they just... They're going to go on a run, and they lose, and they're like a good version of the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I keep comparing every team to the Pelicans, but... <laughs> like, when we look at the Jazz at the end of the season, when we look at their record, it's just going to be carried by that 20-1 to stretch. It's going to be completely carried. Outside of that stretch, when they went 20-1, and they're 14-10. and And yeah, right, obviously, you're like dismissing a 21-game stretch is kind of fucked up. But that's all it was a 21-game hot streak. It happens. The Rockets, I don't know what year it was, if it was 07 or 08, with T-Mac and Yao, they won like 22 straight or 19 straight. I forget the number. And otherwise, they were barely above 500. They won like 50-something games. That's this Jazz team to me. Yeah, that's fair. You want to know the next few games too? <laughs> oh, yeah. What's the, what's the next few games? They play the Cavs. Oh, God. Grizzlies. Okay. Bulls. Oh, okay. That could be fun. Magic. Oh, oh, wow. And then they got the Mavs, Suns, and the Blazers. Oh, that should be fun. Yeah. Okay, the Magic. Earlier this season, the Jazz faced the Magic, and I said this is going to be like the second 50-point game because it was I think Vucevic was out or something, or everyone but Vucevic was out. And they actually, it was more competitive than I expected. I think it was only like a 25-point game. This time, Saturday, April 3rd, we might see the biggest blow in NBA history. Fuck it, I'm going to go with it. This is going to, look, the odds are low, but this is going to be a 60-point game. It's going to happen eventually, right? Yeah. The biggest NBA blowout. What's the biggest NBA blowout? I think it was like a Cavs game. I think the Cavs lost. Uh, the Cavs beat the Heat by 68. <laughs> All right. Orlando, you can make history right here. On April 3rd, you could lose by 69 points. I believe if the Jazz can get hot and the Magic can just play their regular Magic basketball, this could be a 60-point game. (laughs) I believe in you, Orlando. Do it. Do it for the fans. They deserve this. Not the Magic fans, but all the other fans. No, the Magic fans. Uh, look, look, it's going to be one of the great <laughs> moments. Look, I know, I know, look, look, a blowout loss is kind of embarrassing when you're a good team. When you're horrible, it's amazing. It's like, wow, how did you lose that badly? 
Sit and Wendell it, Carter Jr., sit Terrence Ross, sit, sit everybody, bro. Play Dwayne <laughs> Bacon 48 minutes and just watch, <laughs> watch the magic. It's, it's going to be amazing. I, I really – I'm circling this game on my calendar. That's my go-to game on April 3rd. Unless it's, you know, if it's like a thirty point game, I'm gonna turn it off because I, it needs to be like sixty, right? I want I want to see Orlando not score at all, <laughs> at all. <laughs> anyway, I got distracted. I was trying to talk about Donovan Mitchell uh, because I've been disrespecting Donovan Mitchell basically all year, just calling him a uh, Jordan Clarkson with more shot attempts, which I mean earlier in the season he kind of was, but he's been really strong as of late. Like he started off the season like solid, but past twenty one games. 28 points a game, pretty good efficiency. And if you cut that down even more, past 13 games, 30 points a game, six assists, even 47, 42, 87 splits. That's MVP numbers. Mm-hmm. I know it's Donovan Mitchell, and he's not an MVP just because he's Donovan Mitchell. But damn, back to back 35 point games. I mean, his past, what, six? Is he averaging 33 a game? Woo! He has been insane. I mean, I thought Donovan Mitchell had no chance at an All-NBA team. But with all the injuries, he could he could make All-NBA third team. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I can see that. I can see it. Try to think, right? There has to be five, five guards, six guards ahead of him, okay? Let's look at this. Curry, Harden, Lillard, Luka, Kyrie. That's five, right? Those guys are locks ahead of him. Is there another guard... Maybe I'm not thinking of it. Is there another guard that's a lock to be ahead of Donovan Mitchell? Ben Simmons? Zach Levine? Uh, I'd lean Simmons over Levine, but it, it's... Paul George? Yeah. I don't know. I legit don't know. Right? Yeah, I, don't, I, I, don't I can't know. say any of them are locks to me. Right. So there's one guard spot available for all-NBA team. And this oh. is just to show how hard it is to make all-NBA teams... Like, people think, oh, Kyrie, like, he's a borderline top 10 player. Like, he must be, like, a multiple-time All-NBA first-teamer. And, nope. Like, you're going to look at Kyrie's resume when he retires, and you're going to be like, wow. He only made one All-NBA second team, one All-NBA third team, right? This is what he has right now. He's going to probably back up a few more. but Like, he's almost 30. He's going to be 30, you know, in a year. And he's going to have, like, three All-NBA teams. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Because Kyrie is so much better than that. Because you know who else has two All-NBA teams? You ready for this? Uh-huh. Are you sure? No. DeAndre Jordan has more All-NBA teams than Kyrie Irving. Oh, that's gross. He has an All-NBA first team <laughs> and two third teams. Kyrie only has one second, one third. <laughs> that's it weird. Really devalues the, because it's about, because of the positions, right? Like I don't right. like those positions in it. Because center was weak in the 2010s. So DeAndre Jordan made an All-NBA first team. <laughs> That's terrible. It's awful. <laughs> I used to really be a pro All-NBA team guy. I was very uh, on the idea of how many All-NBA first teams you made. was a really, it's a really good, I still think it's a pretty good way to judge how good of a player you were. But the positions thing really fucks it up. Because I'm going to read you the 2016 All-NBA team, All-NBA first team. And, well, I mean, we already just said it. But, look, it's DeAndre Jordan at center, and then it's Curry, Westbrook, LeBron, and Kawhi. Who stands out here? <laughs> like, are you serious? You know, Andre Drummond made All-NBA third team that year. 
Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, it's kind of weak. Like, center, center was kind of weak. Uh, but sometimes the NBA first team is, like, nuts. Right. I mean, Al Jefferson's been on NBA team. Joakim Noah. Right. I mean, these, these are pretty good players, but, like, Andrew Bynum. I don't even know how I got on this tangent, but fuck the All-NBA teams and the All-Star teams. I hate when people use those uh, judge players because it's too situation-based. Right. Okay. I was saying all this because I had, I had a point somewhere, um, but what I want <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so all over. This is insane. I feel like I'm high, but I'm not. Uh, I, I was talking about the Jonathan Mitchell and the Jazz and his odds at the All-NBA 13. And I was talking about the Jazz because I want to talk about Something I said last week. Remember we were talking about the awards and we were saying uh, who we think is going to win each award now? Yeah. And we said for 60 minutes, we both agreed Jordan Clarkson is still the favorite. And mm-hmm. I was wrong. He is, should totally not be the favorite. I don't know what I was talking about. I wasn't paying attention to Jordan Clarkson. I was just, a, I saw the odds, right? He's like minus 1,000 right now. I think everyone just like is just looking at the odds and just ignoring how bad he's been lately. Because woo! He has been so bad lately, Matt. You don't even know. I drew an article about this. It's going to come out tomorrow. Most people will be able to see these stats for themselves. But if you look at Jordan Clarkson's first 22 games when he became the favorite, he was averaging 18 points a game, shooting 47-39-97. Right? Awesome. Playing for the best team in the league. It made perfect sense he'd be six-man of the year, even though he doesn't play any defense at all. What's up, Tom? Are you okay? Yeah. Oh, okay. But since then, right, he just actually had a really great game against the Grizzlies. So that kind of boosts his stats a little too much. I wrote this before that game. So we're going to ignore that game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ignoring that game, in Jordan Clarkson's past 22, minus this Grizzlies game. Wow, this sounds so fucked up. But I, I wrote this article before this game. I'm sorry. He's been averaging 16 points on th- – actually, it barely brings up his stats. We'll just use the game. In his past 23 games, even with this amazing game, 17 points, still the same. But instead of going 40, what was it? It was like 47, 39, 97. It's now 38% from the field, 33 from three, and still his free throw shooting is still immaculate. Right? He still doesn't play defense. He averages almost as many turnovers as assists. And if you narrow this down even more, if you just look at Jordan Clarkson, now I'm going to take out this Memphis Grizzlies game. If you look at Jordan Clarkson's past nine games before this Grizzlies game, 13 points per game on 31% from the field. Yikes. 28 from the line. Or from from three. Yikes from the line. Um, It's been really bad. So I don't see how he can be the sixth man of the year at this point. He's trending downwards. And the Jazz are, I mean, they're still the first seed. But I just think Montrez Harrell has been so much better than him lately. Mm. Like overall, when you compare the stats, Harrell wins in almost every stat. Except like points per game and assists per game. He's winning in all the efficiency metrics, win shares, which is for 48, bucks plus minus, his on-off stats, PER, right? VORP, right? I don't love all of these stats, but he's winning in all of them. That says something. Yeah. And Harold's also trending on the right direction, right? Because with Anthony Davis injured, Harold's been getting, like, more minutes and more touches. And so he's been averaging, like, close to 20 a game lately. Like, his past 16 games, he's averaging 19 points per game. If you narrow that down even more to like his past like 10 or so, yeah, past 10, he's having 21 a game, eight rebounds, and he's shooting crazy efficient from the field. So I was wrong. I don't think Jordan Clarkson's actually the sixth man of the year. That's the only award that's really, other than MVP, MVP changes every week. 
But the other major awards have basically stayed the same all year round. But Sixth Man of the Year, no. Goodbye, Jordan Clarkson. Montrose <laughs> Harrell is the new Sixth Man of the Year. I like that. Yeah, I think it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, because you just can't you can't finish the season averaging 13 a game on 30% from the field and win six right. minutes a year. Like, that's, that's awful. I don't know why he's so favored. I checked yesterday. He's minus 1,000. Harold's plus yeah. 2,000. Hello? Like, we're not still in February, guys. <laughs> Doesn't make sense, man. You got anything else for me? Uh, yeah, the worst takes. Uh, so, as you guys know, every week I have been looking for really bad takes to present here and at the end of the month make a poll. And this past week, I did not, was not actively looking for takes. So, I don't have any. I'm sorry. So, we're going to go with the three that I did find over earlier in the month. So, I'm going to make a poll for this. And here are the takes, as a reminder. The first one was someone saying Blake Griffin is going to come to the Nets and show that he is still a star, right? He had one, like, one pretty good game. We had a like 70 point. He's not a star. Okay, stop it. That was horrible. It was awful. <laughs> um, the other one was JaVale McGee is better than Marcus Gasol. Uh, that one happens like every day. And then there was Andre Drummond is better. I'd rather have Andre Drummond than Carl Anthony Towns right now. That, now, again, these are not my takes. These are takes I found. I'm just reading them from the perspective of the people who said them. So those are the takes. I'm going to put them on a poll, and you guys will get to vote on which is the worst take of the month. And we will talk about that again next week where I will have another bad take, I swear. They happen every day. I just wasn't looking for them. I could. I mean, there's ones like of similar veins to ones I already used, right? People saying, like, the league is over because LaMarcus Aldridge joined the next. Right. Or Andre Drummond joined. Like, no, but I want them to be, like, different. So we're going to stick with three this time. We'll have four next time. And make sure to vote on that. And also the other poll, the Magic versus Timberwolves. Who's had it worse? Pity party. Because <laughs> that's what it is. Let's be honest. All of those takes are so bad. <laughs> Awful. I know what my <laughs> pick would be, but I don't want to skew the vote. Yeah. So I will say my pick next week after the voting is done. I'll do the same. Yeah. Oh, do you want to talk about Boston? We did talk. We kind of rushed him over just talking about Evan Fournier. Uh, they're still 500 despite having... Uh, like two of the top like six or seven all NBA wings on their team. Hmm. What the fuck? Yeah, that's weird. Right? Like I, I thought I thought this was gonna get fixed at some point. Nope. They they play just they just don't care. Jalen Brown, since he had that knee injury a few weeks ago, has really slowed down. He was my most improved fuck. He's my most improved uh player. But like he just he hasn't been the same. In the past few weeks, he's down to 24 points a game, which is still good. But he was averaging like 27 earlier, right? If we look at his game log, uh, this is just a fun tool to use. You know, just look at the game log and you can see like players dropping off. And he got hurt uh, about late February. So if you look at his first 29 games, it was 26 a game on 50, 40, 77. And if you look at the game since then, it has been... 22 a game on 45, 37, 73. So a clear drop-off there. But they were losing before that. I mean, he has not been the problem. Uh, although, like, he's, he still needs to step it up. I mean, he just hasn't been attacking the basket like he was before. Mm-hmm. I felt like he was driving in, you know, trying to get, like, poster dunks. 
And he's just been settling for so many threes. I mean, he took, like, 19 threes against Orlando. He was on fire that game. Like, he had 34 points, but, like, took 11 threes against Memphis, 10 threes against OKC. Like, if you're, when you're not Steph Curry, you shouldn't be taking that many threes. Like, for reference, right, in his first, like, 30 games, he took over 10 threes, like, three times. And he's done that, like, five times in his past, like, eight games. It's too much settling. Mm-hmm. When you're not Steph Curry or Clay Thompson, you should not be taking that many three-pointers. Tatum does this too. Like he he just avoids the avoids the line, like his life depends on it. He like he'll drive in there and like avoid all the contact and you know then like brick a layup. Like they're way too talented to be playing 500 basketball together. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get that either. Fournier is not fixing that. No, <laughs> definitely not. No, no, he's not. Oof, oof, Boston. Did you did you watch that Bucks game the other day when they ran uh, the Brook Lopez and bench players lineup? Yes. Like, what was that? They were like, hmm, <laughs> I don't want the Knicks to be the fourth seed. We're just gonna concede this one, and they still almost won. Man, that lineup was awful. It made me, it made me just you know, feel bad that the Lakers didn't get to play that lineup. Because the Lakers played them on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they were just like, yeah, Giannis hauled. And like, n- none of them are on the injury report for their game against the Clippers tomorrow. So they're going to come rested, like, full force against the Clippers. I think the Clippers are going to get smashed. Right? They're drawing a five-game win streak. That's going to get broken. The Bucks are coming. The two-game losing streak bucks. They're, they're on their way. Here they come. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. The Bucks, right, they're not as good as they were last year. But I feel better about them. I don't know if it's because of Drew Holiday over Eric Bledsoe or the fact that they don't have a bench, so that way they can't play the bench too much. Or if it's that Mike Budenholzer is being more experimental rather than just formulaic, like we're going to do this formula every game and it's going to work every time. But I like the Bucks more this year, and but they're kind of like the Sixers to me, where I believe in them and then they let me down. So I don't want to believe in them. Fuck the Sixers and the Bucks. I don't like getting fooled multiple times. I'm gonna roll with the Nets for the East, and you know if I'm wrong, cool. I'm gonna laugh my ass off at the Nets. I'm not getting <laughs> fooled again by the Sixers and the Bucks. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> like, were you were you on their trains too in the past few years? Yes. And we got fooled, bro. Yep. So the Bucks. Yeah. I'm not I, I refuse to get fooled like that again. So until we, until they actually do, unless one of the those two teams makes the finals this year, I'm not I'm not believing in that shit. Right. Definitely not. Also these injuries, right? We've got an official update on Anthony Davis. We got another update on Durant and Embiid. So I want to talk about those. For AD, earlier this week I said I don't believe he's coming back. I now changed my mind. I do think he's coming back. Uh, inconsistent Tom, because <laughs> they said they said he was like they said a, bunch, a whole bunch of nothing in a tweet. I'll read the tweet. I saved this one. Uh, Dave McMenamin tweeted it out with an update on Anthony Davis, and it was really a long way of saying nothing. That's what I responded to it because it really was, and I hate tweets like that. But I'll read it to you guys anyway. Here it is. Uh, the latest on what the Lakers are saying about AD. Anthony Davis was re-examined by team medical staff earlier this evening. This is from March 26th. He continues to progress in his recovery and has been cleared to advance his on-court work. 
Additional updates will be given when appropriate. So, that was uh, three sentences of saying nothing. But, what makes me believe he's going to be back is... <laughs> this, Anthony Davis posted on his Instagram story a picture of himself on the court, and he wrote, loading. So, I think he believes he's close to coming back based on that. So, if Anthony Davis believes it, I'm going to believe it. Your yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think he's coming back too. I, I just don't, don't think it's gonna be for a while, but we'll see. Maybe. Uh, I think we said mid-April initially. I think that's a little bit realistic. Maybe. Vocal said a ways away, and I mean, it just also vague. Yeah. Like, I want to believe he's gonna be back in like two weeks, but I don't know. I got nothing. Me neither. <laughs> yeah, LeBron is supposed to be like three weeks. At least, at least with him, we have like a timetable. I don't know anything with AD. And speaking of not knowing anything, KD, he's going to miss at least another week, is the report today. I feel like every week it's just at least another week, or at least another two weeks. I mean, who the fuck knows what's going on? <laughs> is Durant going to play again this season? I don't even know. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, I, at least with AD, I've seen him, like, doing, like, shoot-arounds on the court. Like, right. we're getting, like, something about it. For Durant, we're not getting anything with Durant. Can he fucking walk? I mean, damn. He fucking <laughs> That's, that's, I'm not going to exaggerate. But, like, right. I don't know what's going on. Embiid, I think the original timetable was two to three weeks. I don't remember what day he got injured. Was it, like, March 9th? That sounds right. It was right. Yeah, it was right after the All-Star game. Yeah, so it, was, it was right It was right after the All-Star game. 11th or the 12th or something. I'll look at his game logs and see when the last... He, his last game was March 12th. So, two yeah. to three weeks. And they said he'll be reevaluated in a week. Which makes it sound like he's not close to coming back. I feel like I thought I thought he was supposed to come back in a week, but maybe now he's going to be out even longer. I mean, this is uh, it's a little scary having these three big guys out for an extended period and not having any clue when they're coming back. <laughs> yeah, it is. But luckily for the Sixers, they're somehow still the one seed. Ben Simmons has been carrying them. Uh, which is weird because when you looked at their net rating, right, and you're like, oh, when they beat off the floor, the Sixers, they don't, they don't look so good. So I thought they were going to be not as good as their team should be, but they've been a lot better. Their defense has been awesome. They've had, like, the best defense in the league since the break. Or since March, honestly. And they have a huge gap over even the four seed. They're up eight games on the four seed. So they're basically locked in the top three seed. Which is a completely different situation than the Lakers, right? Because the Lakers are not... Like, they don't have that kind of luxury. The Lakers are only five games above the seventh seed. So... And that's just for the play-in, let alone the tenth seed, where they're only seven and a half games. The Sixers are, are further from the fourth seed than the Lakers are from the tenth seed. So That's wild. Uh, yeah, the Lakers... uh they got to get healthy quick. But you also don't want to rush it, right? Right. So, yeah, I don't know if the Lakers are going to win another game uh, before LeBron AD come back. Right? Bad teams, they always win these random games where you don't expect them to, right? Because in theory, the worst team in the league will lose every game and the best team in the league will win every game. But it doesn't work like that. So the Lakers they should win one of their games uh, without LeBron or AD. But, I mean, you just look at their schedule and... The fact that they can barely beat like some of these bad, I just don't, I just don't trust them to beat anyone. Here, I'm gonna read you off some of the teams they're playing: Bucks, 
Kings, Clippers, Raptors, Heat, Nets, Knicks, Hornets, Celtics. That's just within the next two weeks. Not to mention the fact that the four games after that are Jazz, Jazz, Mavericks, Mavericks. Are they winning any of these? Mm, maybe. You're betting nah. your life. You, no, well, no. No? Yeah. No. Like, if the over-under on wins between now and April 20... What was that date? April 24th? The over-under would be 0.5. No, actually... No, yeah. 0.5 or maybe 1.5 if you're feeling generous. Because, I don't know. Hornets and the Kings and then the the tanking Raptors, maybe they're sitting out of their guys. Maybe they'll sneak out one or two of those. Maybe. Otherwise... No way, right? Like, the, the Mavericks teams are going to be huge for them. Because by that point, the Lakers will probably be, like, tied with the Mavericks or close to it. So they're going to need to win these games to avoid the play-in. So we'll see. Uh, LeBron, if, LeBron is coming back in three weeks if he will play in these games, these Mavericks games. But we'll see. It's all a big question mark with uh, Durant, Davis, LeBron, Embiid. It's crazy. I mean, who, who the fuck's next? Is Rudy Gobert going to get hurt now? Like, stop. Steph Curry got hurt. LaMelo. Oh, there was another recent one. Like, it just happened. Mitchell Robinson. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That's tragic. Like, he just he just came back from, I think he had, like, a, a fractured hand. Yeah. And now he fractured his foot. Like, are you serious? Oh. Poor Knicks, man. Like, they're finally a good team, and Mitchell Robinson can't be healthy. Did you think when that happened that Drummond might go to the Knicks? No, I never thought he was going to go there. Really? I thought, because he was considering them. And then when that got happened, I was like, oh, my God. He could actually, like, get more money and, like, get, like, a big role. Like, maybe he'll go to the Knicks, but he didn't, so. Yeah, Mitchell Robinson, he's always had, like, some injury issues. Uh, th- these are like freak injuries. I mean, wow. Like, he he came back to play three games, and then six minutes into the next game, he he breaks his foot. That's insane. It's like Clay Thompson, but not as bad. Right. <laughs> I still can't believe Clay Thompson missed back to back full seasons. Get better, Clay. Get better. Okay. I think that's it for the All Answer Off podcast today. Uh, be sure to vote on our two polls. This one went on a little long. Sorry. But I just feel like there was a lot to talk about. And I like to ramble and go on rants. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll see you guys next week with uh, hopefully uh, better news than uh, this week with all the injuries and just. Ugh. Yeah, this NBA season has not, not not been one of the best ones, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, it's been rough. Yeah, Ooh, the injuries and the no fans, like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the playoffs. All right, that's all we have for this week's episode of the All Nets Are Off podcast. Follow our Twitter account, All Nets Are Off. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Leave us a rating, subscribe, like, comment. Let us know what you think. If you have any questions, tweet us at our Twitter account, and we'll see you next week.